Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Tech That Doesn't Bite Cast. Yay! Woo! All right. Today we're going to be talking about all sorts of good fun stuff that's related to tech, tech news, news about tech, technology, and other related issues in regards to that. And with me, as always, is Simon C. Simon, are you there? There you I'm are. Here. There we go. Dramatic entrance. Yes, I noticed that. It kind of freaked me out for a second there because you didn't tell me you were going to do that, you big weasel. Yeah, every week. What are you talking about? No, man. You don't like suddenly you know, put me out of the stage by myself like, uh, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, How's so it you, going? You, you should be used to it. Well, yeah, I suppose I should be. Yeah. <laughs> you should be used to it. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. All right. How you been, buddy? You doing okay there? Doing good, doing good. Uh, you know, you got your second COVID shot. I heard. I did. Yes. How did you feel? Got my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, I was the same way when I got my second one. Boy, it was fan freaking fantastic. Yeah. Let me tell you. Woo! It was a. Uh, it's weird. It's like I don't know. It was just weird. Was you decided weird. to like like you or like me. You decided to go out and purposely get yourself sick for the benefit of humanity. Sure. What, whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll whatever just go with that. Yeah. We'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, it, it just, you know, it's a weird experience. Yeah. You know, because I don't know. It just, just comes at you like out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, like, well, you, yeah, I, like you get warned, like, oh, you, you might feel this, you know, 12 hours. So I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then like, Bam! Well, God, well, God knows you hear about all, you know, like you take all these different, see these different drug commercials that always talk about the different side effects of, well, yeah, you might have uh, you know, fever, you know, del you know, delirium, uh, nausea, uh, diarrhea, thoughts yeah. of suicide, death, you know, normal side effects. You're like, okay, yeah, whatever, buddy, it's going to happen. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's like, but then it's for real. You're like, oh man. It's like, oh uh, man, this is bad. But you know, it's done. <laughs> it's all good. So, yep. Back life, to, life to return to normal all in good time. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, Simon, let's start with you and, and the first story of the day here. So what do you, what's our first story of the day? All right. The first story of the day is Roku <gasps> uh, is having some uh, market share falling, global oh, yeah. market share, you know, amid of the YouTube TV battle with Google, Roku's sh share of the global streaming market continues to fall. Now, the precursor to this article is that about a week ago, mm -hmm. Roku announced that you know they're removing the YouTube TV app. Now, if you are a subscriber to YouTube TV, the service that that's their you know cable and television service, you know on the YouTube platform, you know for for a while you can actually watch YouTube TV on you know a lot of these streaming devices. Roku was one of them. But due to disagreements, you know, always comes down something with money, of course. Duh. Yeah. They're like businesses and stuff, and they're like about profit and things. Yeah. Something about <laughs> money, of course. And Roku decided to 
Roku and Google couldn't make an agreement, so Roku removed the YouTube TV app from the Roku store. So you can't get it on your Roku device. Now, this is for YouTube TV, not the regular YouTube. So you can still watch our channel and other channels on the Thank YouTube Thank God, because you know, they need to Roku. be subjected to that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But you won't get the premium content, like content that's better than us. Like, you know, like, <laughs> no, we're the best, Simon. <laughs> like your cable television stuff. Someday you you'll pay get. premium to watch it us. That'd be great. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, that is the, the precursor to this little, little article here. So Roku and Google are currently in a heated battle over YouTube TV and video standards. But as that goes on, it's interesting to see context developing around Roku's side. And this article is from 9to5Google. A report this week shows that the market share Roku holds in the global market, global streaming market keeps falling. Uh, Convavia reports that Roku has seen a 3% drop year over year over global TV viewing time from 33% in Q1 2020 to 30% in Q1 of 2021. That may not sound like much, but in reality, it's very bad news for the company. Between this time in 2020 and this point in 2021, worldwide global viewing grew by 36%, with much of that growth concentrated in regions such as Europe, Africa, and South America. Those are markets where Roku simply isn't a major player. Roku dominates the U.S. market with a strong 37% share, dwarfing even competitors such as Apple and Google. Still, Roku has little to no share internationally. In Europe, Roku holds just about 8% of the market. In South America, which saw the biggest jump in global market share this year, Roku is a mere 4% of the market. Hmm. Samsung holds dominant share there, while Google Chromecast and Android TV platforms are holding a hefty total. Roku holds almost no stake at all in Asia, where Google Android TV is shy half of the streaming market. Hmm. What does this mean for Roku? Well, it's certainly motive. Well, well, it's certainly motive for wanting to squeeze its streaming partners. The U.S. streaming market is maturing, and growth right now is not here. It's international. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So. Just to, you know, if you guys check out this article and for this in the podcast, so basically it shows a diagram of the market share of each streaming devices, such as Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Samsung TV, LG TV players. Yeah, there's, like here ten, there's like 10 of them listed there or something, right? I'm, I'm not quite looking at the chart, but there, there's a lot of them that were listed in there. Yeah. And in North America, Roku has 37% of share. Hmm. Amazon Fire is 23%. And followed by Samsung TV and PlayStation is probably like a, I think it's like a five or 4%. Apple TV is barely a 6%. So, in hmm. hmm. Africa, 54% is, I'm not sure what's that service. Nope. It's called Canal Plus, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Look at the colors. Asia is mostly dominated by Android t- TV. Yeah, Android. Yeah, Android TV. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, just I didn't think Roku was, you know, globally was such an a small market share. I would think they'll be pretty dominant. No, I well, know that they're dominant you know, here in the States. Well, yeah, obviously. I, I think obviously it has to do with their marketing, obviously. And, and if they really wanted to, I guess, get more leverage 
for themselves so they can negotiate better, if you want to put it that way. They definitely need to expand into these international markets or these non-U.S. markets more succinctly. Uh, they need to push you know, more advertising dollars and that kind of thing if they really want to gain better market share. And everybody watches YouTube, you know, premium or otherwise. And so that'd be a global market they'd want to tap into. So they actually were able to keep YouTube as part of their package, if you will. Um, I don't know if YouTube TV is available globally. Well, it, it may depend. I'm making some very major assumptions here that it could be based on censorship or what content they offer. Or, you know, I, I, I don't know what premium offers, despite the fact that whenever I go to YouTube, they say, hey, you want to try it? No, please stop bothering me. No, no, please stop bothering. No, stop. Basically, it's basically cable television. Right, exactly. YouTube. Right, on exactly. YouTube. Yeah, right, exactly. Like I need to sit in front of my computer for longer periods of time than I already do. But yeah, I mean, it honestly, I, I would say if, if Roku really wants to gain, obviously, if it wants to gain better market share, it needs to be able to offer more to the non-American um, or the non-US markets. And they're right. definitely not, they're definitely not doing that. Pulling YouTube off their channel, if you will, or off their YouTube off TV. Their, YouTube TV, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you make that very clear. Not no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. YouTube, YouTube TV yeah. obviously isn't going to help them. And frankly, I, I think it would diminish them, especially in these other markets. Now, granted, uh, if they want to stick as just the U.S. market, they could really gain massive market share if they want to do that. They probably have to do other stuff. But uh, dropping YouTube TV, probably not the best way to go here. Uh, but if they, but that depends on what direction they want to go. Maybe they don't want to go into the international market or go that heavily into it. But you know, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, right? No matter you know, whether it's in euros or if it's in dinars or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's it would yeah, it would be you know, it would behoove them to do it. Let me just put it that way. But this this is this isn't really the first time you know Roku has have issues with you know other companies right providing right. content. I mean, for a while HBO Max took them almost. Gosh, like a couple months, six, almost six months when yeah. they launch to yeah. make an agreement. Yeah, it's always hammering out the details and early yeah. stuff like that. But it, granted, it boils so down to the money. You're, you're right about that. But yeah, but apparently for what I, I think some other parts of that article, I, I, I skimmed through it. It actually talked about, I guess, that this is a tactic that, that Roku uses all the time in an effort mm -hmm. to basically bludgeon the other guy into, into eventually agreeing to their terms or compromising where they need to compromise well, i so mean it, like they, they have the market share here in the states so right exactly but internationally they got nothing so yeah they it so it all it depends i guess on who they're partnering with and where they want to market they want to market yeah. in the u.s so i guess like you know they're 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 like the king here in the states but another you know yeah you know in other countries they're they're barely they're peasants they're yeah. mere peasants yeah <laughs> they're feet. like yeah so like they're they're pretty much like nothing. So that's why yeah. they have more leverage here in the States. Like, hey, we have more market share than any other streaming devices out there. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, so again, it really just depends on even, where. Even, go ahead. Yeah. Even Apple doesn't have that in the streaming. Right. <laughs> streaming. No, no, definitely not stuff. Apple TV. What surprises me in some cases, but then again, it doesn't, I guess. But well, Apple you know, TV is a very niche product. Right. 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 It's very yeah, niche. I mean, I like, I, that's why I don't think it'll ever be as big as Roku, Amazon. So you get this now for general, like for everyday people. Like yeah. Us. Because not everyone wants to pay 150 bucks. No, sorry. 180 bucks <laughs> for something that you could relatively get 
like half the price and do the exact same thing. Right. So it's, it's and I'm not, an, and, and I am not an everyday person, Simon. I am unique just like everybody else. All right. Let's anyways. Yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> okay. So yeah, no, I, I have to agree. I mean, Roku, I, yeah, basically the idea is that Roku's the gatekeeper here in the States. You want in on that market. Yeah. You're going to have to basically abide by their rules. You know, he with, he who has all the gold makes the rules, something, whatever, whatever that goes as never heard of um, that saying, but well, it's going. basically, it's basically the, it's what's referred to as the golden rule. Whoever has the most gold makes the rules that, that that's the phrase behind it. So in this case, he, they're the ones with the market share. So they're kind of, they could dominate and, you know, really help you out provided that you give them their, their fair share or whatever you want to call it that, which is also part of, you know, the whole thing with, uh, with Apple and Epic and Fortnite and all that stuff. But I'll get to that yeah. later on. Let's get but, onto that right now. You want to get onto that? Let's get onto that. So yeah, All hopefully right. uh, Roku will figure out that maybe they need to work on their international markets if they really want to, you know, get better leverage worldwide. I'll, I'll put it that way. They definitely need to push in that direction. Yeah. Well, first but, they got to fix this issue with Google first. <laughs> well, there's, there's, well, you <laughs> know, you know, they don't, first. they don't have to fix it. They don't have to if they don't want no, to. No, but they're going to piss off a lot of their Roku customers. I agree. They and already that is did this hurt. stuff with HBO. Oh yeah, now it's going to hurt them. It's, it's hurting. It's going to hurt them. Oh, yeah. You know? So the yeah. other company, Amazon, is not that far off. Yeah. So that's true. That's true. So get your so stuff Amazon, together. Amazon could, could uh, Amazon Fire, Amazon Fire TV, right? Yeah, they could, they could totally jump on that with this. Yeah. This could be an opportunity for them. And it's not, it's not that hard to switch. No, that's true. It's just as that's cheap. That's true. You know, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, talking about legal battles and broken down negotiations and all this other good jazz. All right, so Fortnite um, is related to Apple and Epic. Uh, say that Epic is fighting for the developers, but they admitted that they wanted a special deal with Apple. All right, so shocker. Are not, we shocked? Can not, you believe this? Not businesses actually behaving in a selfish manner. I'm I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Okay, maybe just a little bit shocked. No, actually, I'm not even completely surprised by that at all. All right, so. This past Monday was day one of the big epic, <laughs> see what I said there, legal battle between Apple and Epic Games, the maker, who are the makers of Fortnite. Um, in the opening arguments, Apple was blasted for being monopolistic and held app makers hostage for taking up to 30% of an app's revenue stream just so it could have space in the Apple store. Basically like high rent if you know if you want, like one of those little kiosks you might have them all take like 30% of whatever your revenue is just for having yeah. that little spot. Think of it that way. However, when CEO Tom Sweeney of Epic Games was questioned, he was asked if Apple would allow Epic uh, to have their own app store on the iPhone device. Uh, these were evidenced by emails that he had written to Apple executives back in summer 2020. So in this case, he was looking to basically create their own app store within the Apple environment, but not in the App Store app store itself, but just their own app store, which is something Google actually does allow. You can actually have your own app store um, in, in, on the on the, the Google uh, um, play site. So it's an app store within an app store. That's one way of looking at it, right, exactly. <clears throat> so as we all know, Apple doesn't allow for that kind of thing. It requires all app developers to use its payment processing services. And again, they'll, they'll, and Apple usually goes on as a security measure. You want to make sure everybody's getting quality stuff and they're not going to get hacked, yada, yada, yada. Totally get that. All right. Now, what doesn't help Sweeney in this case, as noted in the CNET article that you have in front of you here, if you see that, is that he admitted that he would have accepted a side deal from Apple if they had allowed him to do it. Meaning 
while all the other app developers would still have to give 30% to Apple, he would be perfectly okay with not doing it or whatever percentage was decided between the two of them. And thus, in my opinion, the big battle cry of the reason for the lawsuit, Epic is, is quote, Epic is suing for change, not just for itself, but for all developers, end quote, is complete balderdash. Um, a great deal of change is to be expected from this lawsuit. Nonetheless, as legal experts, lawmakers, regulators are closely watching this, seeing the, uh, the case as a first look at how antitrust laws could apply to the tech giants. So there's that. Man, what a <sighs> jerk. No, no, I, I shouldn't call him a jerk, but he is doing, in my opinion, he is doing exactly what corporations do. Try to work out sweetheart deals for themselves, for the benefit of their, of, of their own salary, their stockholders, and all that jazz. Basically, and, you know, yeah. special privileges. Yeah, yeah, screwing, that's what exactly. screwing other developers who don't get right. this kind of privileges. Exactly. No, it, it's ridiculous. But, you know, in my opinion, like no developer should get that kind of special privileges. That, that's fair, or at the very least, lower the percentage, so at least a little more money gets spread around to the developers. Yeah, I think, I think Apple know? need a. I think, I think Apple really need to lower their 30% commission. Well, remember, Google charges the same price. However, the fact that they allow I, these uh, these de other developers, presumably ones they've, they've already got businesses with, to be able to open their own app store and revenue stream that way, maybe there's a side deal or perhaps as part of a contract that they sign. Hey, we need to take 30% up front with you know, your initial store, but if you want to make a side one, you only need to pay us another 5 or 10% to have it there. And, and that's the end of that. And it solves that problem, theoretically. Maybe. We don't know. But granted, given the exclusivity that Apple has, or you want to call it a stranglehold, monopolistic, whatever you want to call it, they get all the money no matter what. Google, mathematically, theoretically, they're not getting all of it because they allow for outside uh, uh, side stores, if you will, yeah. to allow it to go through. So theoretically, they're not getting as much money. But you know, is that a good thing? Arguably, it is. Arguably, it's not, depending on who you ask. But yeah, I, it's you know, th this is hardly surprising that uh, uh, you know that Sweeney was basically looking to be self-serving with uh, with Epic Games and whatnot. So I'm kind of curious to see whether that's going to hurt him or his case one way or another. I really don't know. It, it's hard to be sure about that. There's a lot more that needs to come out of this case, and it's going to be a long and lengthy case to be sure. So I'm I'm definitely very curious to see where where this is going to go. Law and order, app store <laughs> battle. <laughs> doink, doink, yeah. yeah. App store battle here. <laughs> I, I wish I could think of a phrase off the top of my head, you know, here on the internet where, you know, legal battles are fought out vicariously by 10-year-olds. <laughs> doo doo head, whatever. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, we're giving Dick Wolf an idea for next Law and Order series. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, no, Dick, don't do it. Don't do it, Dick. Bad Dick. Mm, Just yeah. stop right there. I'm going to hurt myself. Anyways... <laughs> Law Moving on to our next story, Simon. Law what and else order, we got app here store battle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gave me an idea of something I need to make later on. But go on, please. What's the next story for today? Well, Simon? next story is still kind of connected. All right. Um, so in the the Apple versus Epic, you know, they're they're pulling up these different kind of scenarios that happen, you know, to prove their cases. So right. this is a little bit related. So Microsoft's feud with Apple over xCloud on iOS got a rival kicked from the App Store. Hmm. Shadow Cloud Computing was temporarily removed last year. 
in 2020, Microsoft was battling to bring xCloud or Xbox game streaming to the iPhone and iPad. And basically, that will allow you to play your Xbox game, you know, stream your Xbox game to an iPad or an iPhone so you play on those devices. Okay, so so xCloud is a, is a software that allows you to stream. Am I understanding that right? Or... It, I believe so. Okay. I, I've never heard of it, so I, I wasn't sure as to what it actually was. It's kind of like oh. NVIDIA's own... No, GeForce, no cloud gaming service. Oh, okay. Well, I know the G, the G, the GE Force experience. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's where they do. Okay, there were, all right. There's all also, right. you know, like kind of like Google Stadium. I don't know about Google Stadium. You know, but, I I don't use uh, any of these things, so that's why I'm so unfamiliar with yeah, it. But, I know Amazon has their own, okay, you know, cloud gaming thing, but Microsoft. Okay, let's let's streaming. go with that. So let's say XCloud is is a game streaming service or a streaming service that you can project your your gaming experience to other people that can watch. And the conversation had an unlikely victim, Shadow, a third-party cloud gaming app that lets you stream PC games to an iPhone or an iPad. Emails between Microsoft and Apple reveal an epic, epic v Apple trial today. Sounds like a big movie. Epic v Apple. Epic v Apple. Yeah. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Show how the Xbox maker was trying to get xCloud on iOS. Microsoft was trying to figure out how Shadow, Netflix, and other similar act interactive apps were able to exist in the App Store while Apple was refusing to approve xCloud. Microsoft put forward Shadow as an example of such a service, only to see it suddenly removed from the store. Hmm. We were showing two examples where a game or an application was able to exist, and we didn't understand why we couldn't, explain Lori Wright. Microsoft's head of business development for Xbox during the Epic V Apple trial today. I believe they, Apple, ended up pulling Shadow out of the App Store based off this email we sent until they submitted changes. Hmm. That was not our intention, of course. It was a it was a byproduct. While Shadow removal wasn't permanent, Apple has temporarily removed the app from the App Store twice in the past year. Shadows were Shadow was first removed in February last year with Apple reporting citing a failure to act in accordance with a specific part of the Apple App Store guidelines. Apple once again removed Shadow from the App Store in February, and the app returned a week later. Shadow reviewed that Where's the Where's my money removed. before I put you back up there? Yeah, sounds pretty much, that's pretty much <laughs> it. I mean, Shadow reviewed that the app was removed the second time due to a misunderstanding around the nature of the app. Unlike gaming streaming services, Shadow provides a full Windows 10 PC Rather than a library or get rather than a library of games. Explain uh, Luck Hancock, a community manager for Shadow. The unique approach allows Shadow to comply with the App Store guidelines so that you can access your Shadow PC on any iOS device to run your favorite games and software. Hmm. Valve struggled for more than a year to launch its Streamlink game streaming service on iOS. Apple rejected the app, likely because it allowed an iOS user to access another app store. And try that again. <laughs> Apple rejected okay, the app, yeah. likely because it, it allowed an iOS user to access another app store, Steam, within mm -hmm. Apple's tightly controlled ecosystem. Apple revised this rule after rejecting Steam Link, and the app was finally approved two years ago in May 2019. Apple continued to make it difficult for services like xCloud and Stadia to run the way Microsoft and Google wanted to on iOS devices after those conversations. Only slowly making App Store policies, Apple App Store policy carves out. 
that will let the services operate under severe restrictions. Apple now insists that developers individually submit games as separate apps using their streaming tech, only then bundling, bundling them together as a catalog-style app. Hmm. Microsoft wasn't impressed with Apple's approach, calling it a bad experience for customers. This public spat has now boiled over into courtroom battle between Epic Games and Apple, with lawyers of Epic sides questioning Microsoft and NVIDIA representative about their struggles to bring cloud gaming apps to iOS. Both Microsoft and NVIDIA have had to give in to Apple's restrictions and launch their cloud gaming services through Safari web browser instead. Pretty much mm. what I was going to point out, I think Microsoft was going to launch some sort of, some form of their version of xCloud on iOS, but using the Safari browser. Oh, kind of like what NVIDIA is about to do too. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And it definitely, it definitely kind of smacks of the, the, the Epic's game lawsuit and the, and the app store stuff. They're definitely, definitely got uh, shades of that. So yeah. that's definitely not going to ha uh, help Apple's case. if they, if that gets brought up in there. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah. streaming, streaming your own games from steam or any other games you bought. It's uh, pretty much been a, pain in the ass if you want to play on your ipad or iphone apparently no it's, it's because of apple wow just too restrictive wow. you know well i mean again that's always been the nature of apple as it is they've always been a closed system you know and i i can appreciate believe me as a, as a tech guy i think you and i could both appreciate the nature to keep the idea of keeping things safe and secure and you know free of viruses and malware and all that other jazz and you know password hacks god knows what so i i mean you and i both appreciate that as much as the next guy yeah yeah, but, but too by much the same it's too can be destructive. Like, right. Like, as, like well, that, yeah, and, and right. And that's the case here, too, um, is that Apple is, is being so restrictive in this that it, it's not allowing for a good customer experience, you know, bad gameplay, no streaming, and that sort of thing. Frankly, if they really want, the, want it to actually happen, they should be working with Apple programmers to allow for that so that it would work properly as opposed to just trying to say, oh, we got something that'll work. Oh, we should sue them to make it work. No, try negotiating with them. Work something out. You know, that is safe for everybody. Is it going to cause a problem and all this other jazz? Now, granted, going from one system to another could always be problematic at best, uh, could slow things down, not make a very good experience, which is a problem. And that's that's mm. part, part of the issues of having competing operating systems, competing stores. It is what it is, and thus the free market is what it is. So who knows what will dominate when all is said and done. If there's to be domination, there's even that too. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's... That should prove interesting, though. It's uh, we'll keep an eye on this battle for sure. For sure. Let's well, move on to the next story. Yeah, thinking about uh, restrictions and other things like that. This is a this is a good one. This is a really big one that affects pretty much everybody. Whether you're, you know, techies like like Simon and I, if you're just the average, you know, web surfer who likes to go, you know, look for cat videos. Uh, not that I don't do that too. God knows I do. They're so, <laughs> they're so cute. All right. So the FCC's net neutrality rulemaking was flooded with millions of fake comments, according to a report put out by New York's attorney general. So a report that the New York attorney general found the broadband companies had funded millions of dollars of fake, or I'm sorry, funded millions of fake comments something to the tune of 18 million out of the 22 million that were posted to the FCC's website. Uh, this right? I mean, how insane is that? All right. So the report, which came out last week, outlines, quote, 
fraud that dogged that rulemaking process, end quote, in 2017, when the FCC under Trump appointed now former chairman Ajit Pai was looking to repeal the Obama era net neutrality laws. Um, so while posting to the FCC's website may not seem like such a big deal in and of itself, as you know, I'm sure if anybody's ever done that kind of thing, I've done it on a couple of occasions where you post like, hey, you know, you guys are dorks. Or, hey, you guys are doing a great job or whatever it is. And you think, well, I'm just one comment among millions. I, I don't but, think anyone posts positive comments on <laughs> well no, we'll see that that's the point most of the time i was like don't do this <laughs> right right usually usually there are the negative natures like what the hell are you guys doing my grand kicker whatever it is but the report itself stated this quote federal and state agencies rely on public comments to set standards that govern many aspects of our lives from public health to consumer protection to the environment and in this case the rules that govern how we share and consume content over the internet Public comments can also influence legislators and the laws they enact, end quote. So obviously what has happened here, if, if this report is correct, and I have every confidence that it is, that these broadband companies to which uh, former chairman Ajit Pai, what used to be a, uh, used to be worked as an attorney general for Verizon uh, uh, at the end of 2000 or in the, in the middle of 2003, uh, thus, in theory, because of the way that he responded and wanted to repeal back all the net neutrality stuff, he was responding in favor of the broadband companies he used to represent way back before, mm -hmm. you know, 14-odd yeah. years prior. So to say that he was, you know, in their pocket or good buddies with all of them, all sorts of uh, cronism, if you want to put it that way, yeah, you know what? That's exactly what this is. And these broadband companies are going in there and posting all these fake comments to influence legislators to vote and repeal net neutrality, which did wind up happening. Now, uh, the FCC did later on, uh, not the, was it the FCC? No, I'm sorry. It was actually a, a federal court had ruled, however, that the FCC overstepped their bounds when they said that they were going to, that the states couldn't make their own net neutrality laws. So yes, there's now the federal standard, which usually nine times out of 10 will trump whatever the state says. However, it would have to be in violation of whatever the the, the feds the, the feds say. The states, however, can come up with their own net neutrality laws, and obviously, depending on what state you live in, you either have net neutrality or you don't. So it all kind of varies in that case. Now, the report also noted something of of, of some entertainment here, where uh, so you got on the flip side of this. So it wasn't just the broadband companies that were actually the the only ones playing dirty pool here. The report mentioned that there was a 19-year-old computer science major had coded a program that submitted something to the tune of 7.7 .7 million comments in support of net neutrality. So, <laughs> so you got it from both sides going on here, but you know, some some 19-year-old isn't going to make any kind of profit for 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 you know posting all these comments. I'm not saying he was right. I want to be clear about that. I'm not saying he was doing the right thing, but he's not going to make any money. He's not going to profit like literally $0 profit to ensure that the net, that, that the internet stays essentially as it should, where you have a connection, you can access whatever sites you are allowed to access, no matter where they are, or who they are, whatever it is versus what, uh, what these broadband companies would rather you have are sans net neutrality, where if you want to go and see these other websites, whatnot, you need to pay a little extra. So you have extra broadband to do that with and all that other sort of stuff. Basically the information isn't free. Yo, you got to pay for the extra access, which for me personally is crap. And I'm not in favor of that by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. I'm not 
not a fan of it. If I want to watch cat videos in Thailand, I bloody well better be able to do that and not have to pay extra to do that. That's that's my take on it. Okay. I shouldn't have. To, yeah, I, I shouldn't have to pay. You know, my 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 guy is Spectrum to say, oh yeah, here's another you know two four five dollars twenty dollars just so I can you know access these sites and you know in Thailand or China or whatever to you know learn more about cats and dogs and how much they love each other or whatever. You know, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Ah, the battle continues. Oh God, yeah. Like, yeah today's so, themes about fighting. I don't know why. <laughs> I, 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 I of our shows about fighting. You know, well, <laughs> a lot has gone on in the past bunch of years that just kind of made everybody very confrontational. I think, and I think uh, this is just just one outlet, multiple outlets of it. But you know, lawsuits have been going on since the dawn of time, and it, it's this. This is hardly unusual. It doesn't. It do, things like the other stuff doesn't really affect us so much. Um, yeah, unless you're like in Fortnite as like a developer, or if you're you know part of the Epic Games you know executive group, where you know th these billions of dollars that get tossed around actually matter to you directly. To you and me, it's like, well, can I play? You know, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. Can I can I buy stuff in the store? Okay, you know, and that, literally that's the extent of it. And if you can't, like, well, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll just play something else or, you know, take my money somewhere else. Big freaking deal, you know. Yay, free market in that regard. But if you're really into Fortnite, it's like, well, you know, I, I guess I gotta wait till the lawsuit is over to fix yeah. that. But the FCC, this is this is a, a much broader, definitely affects literally every man, woman, and child in America. You know, this that's a that's a very big deal. I mean, you, you talk about you know freedom of speech, freedom to go wherever you want, or any of these freedoms that are, that are being potentially infringed on. That you gotta pay extra just so you can get access to more freedom of where you want to go on the net. You know, that's yeah, that that's a big, big thing. You know, I, I'm not sure a lot of people understand that there is a um there there is a, a civil rights issue in regard to that of be, of having the FCC, the feds restrict that or at least allowing private companies, you know, like your ISP, whoever they happen to be, say that it's okay for them to restrict where you go unless you you know, pay them extra or watch some ads that would allow you to, you know, to access other sites. You know, it, it's kind of like, um, I suppose in a lot of ways, we're back, way, way, way back in the day, we only had so many channels to watch on TV, but you could access those public channels, you know, in, in our state, it's, you know, two, four, and seven, and nine, and 11, and five. Um, you had an antenna, you can get them no matter what. That's it. You, you didn't have to pay extra for that. Now, you need to you need an antenna uh, that you could you could put you could post indoors, but you have to make sure that you actually have the software to be able to digitally access these channels. Then, if you want to go and get all these other channels, which you know basically are sort of like cable you know uh, streaming channels, you got to pay for that stuff. It's extra content. Yes, you can still access those public channels, but it's harder to do so. It's more complicated because other people are like, oh, I'll go ahead and pay to watch TV, whatever they're going to watch, whatever content they're going to watch. It, it, it's it's shaky. It, it's YouTube really very TV. shaky. What's that? YouTube TV. <laughs> I'm not going to pay to watch TV, Simon. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but yes, YouTube TV does fall into the category of like Sling and and uh, uh, um, who else here am I thinking of? I mean, there's you know, a slew Hulu, of others. Hulu TV. Right. Hulu is another Hulu one. Live. Exactly. Hulu Plus. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon actually falls in that category too. So yeah, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, you want to? No, I think Amazon's just add-ons. They don't have. No, no, you, you do. You actually do pay extra. Well, if you have Prime, you have access to their to their to their to their Amazon stuff. Yeah, to their, their Amazon. They company. don't have live television. 
No, no, that's true. They don't. They, they, so, it's, it's filmed, but it, it's fun to watch. They got some good shows up there. Anyways, so yeah, no, it's it's but it this this is kind of a big deal where you access the. I mean, arguably because these are all streaming services that you that you have access to, are you gonna have to pay extra just to access those streaming services? You know, we think shouldn't, about it, but it feels like it. Right. See, that's my point. <laughs> shouldn't, I mean, let's, but let's, it feels let's like say, it. Let's say Spectrum doesn't have any kind of agreement with Hulu. Just just to throw out an argument there. Unless you pay extra to Spectrum so you can access it. Is that right? Is that fair? No. <laughs> I agree. That's crap, I tell you. And thus, net neutrality needs to exist, at least in my opinion. I think you agree with that. It needs to exist. So, yeah, that that's just that's our, our take on it, your take as well as my own on this, that, you know, the information needs to be free, yo, and leave it at that. <laughs> Indeed. Well... We're gonna steer away from all the fighting in the tech world and talk show about you a cat video. No, we're not gonna you know, show you a cat video. <laughs> talk about one of the last piece of technology that one company is gonna retire. Oh no. Sony <gasps> ditches the DSLRs, moving the camera industry beyond film era designs. Oh no. The future of higher end photography is mirrorless. Ooh, so mirrorless cameras like the A7R family are the future for Sony and likely the rest of the camera industry. Sony has phased out its DSLR camera models, marking the end of an era and pushing the photography industry further from its film-based roots. Mm. If we don't track the internal mechanics of cameras, here's what Sony did and why the move is important. The Japanese company was a key player in ushering in the era of mirrorless cameras. Those cameras, while not perfect, bring better autofocus, rapid-fire shooting, and more computing house horsepower to photography. Hmm. Mirrorless cameras moved photography away from a core design that dated back to the film era. Back then, SLR cameras used an internal reflex mirror to bounce light from lens into a viewfinder so you could compose your shots. When you snapped a photo, a mirror flipped out of the way and the shutter opened, exposing the film. Right. As photography transitioned to the digital media, the design of SLRs or single lens reflex cameras was borrowed for DSLRs, cameras to swap image sensors for the film. The disappearance of mirror-based models from Sony's interchangeable lens cameras websites was spotted Tuesday by Sony Alpha Rumors. The change also arrived online as camera retailers like Adorama and BH Photo and Electronics dropped 2016's A99 Mark II. Hmm. Sony got its start in the high-end photography through its acquisition of Konica's Konica's <laughs> Use your words, Simon. You Minolta's SLR business in 2005. When Shutterbug's dumped film cameras, and picked up digital point-and-shoot cameras and DSLRs. Sony first models were credible, but didn't dent the dominance rivals, Canon and Nikon. Hmm. Sony's next step was the debut of its DSLT models, so named for the translucent, translucent mirror that was a stepping stone on path forward that was a stepping stone on the path towards fully mirrorless cameras. <laughs> Wow. This fixed mirror bounces a portion of light coming through the lens to the viewfinder and lets the rest go to the image sensor. 
So basically, mirrorless cameras uh, are basically obsolete. Yeah. For, for all intents and purposes, they are obsolete. I actually still have mine. Believe it or not, I have a, I have a Minolta X700 that I that still works. I don't have film for it or anything like that, obviously, but still works well. It has a little uh, winder on it so that if, if I wanted to take a, a series of shots, I could. So but yeah. mirrorless cameras are the future. For all intents and purposes, yeah. I, I yeah, I, I'm surprised the SLRs that this, are disappearing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner given the advent of, of all these phone cameras and whatnot, which I'm sure don't require mirrors in and of themselves, that the the technology from all of that didn't really didn't translate sooner to uh to you know single lens cameras or SLR type cameras or DSLR, I should say. Yeah, that, that didn't happen sooner. You know, it it's uh it is kind of a sad ending of an era to be sure, but you know what? If if the pictures come out just as good or better, you know you don't necessarily lose anything. But I know that just from personal experience, when you deal with film, you have a lot more creativity that you can you can fuss around with. And when you go to develop the photograph, when you make the prints and and all that good stuff, that kind of goes with it too. There's also kind of a wild um, uh, tech as uh, aspect of it too. And I, the, the worst example I could think of would be if you're making an ad for for a chili pepper. All right, you know, if you watch out that the chili pepper is hot. And this is like an advertisement I remember uh, uh, in, a, in a photo magazine a bunch of years back, where the way this guy did it, he he basically created like a, a black environment, more or less, held up this this large chili uh, chili pepper on a stand, right? Mm -hmm. Blacked all it all out so it looked like the chili was kind of floating. But the reason he did that was so that he could put his hand behind the uh, uh, the chili, so that when he opened the lens on the camera. He would then flick a lighter and then put a flame and run a flame along the backside of the chili itself. Okay. So the reason he did this and using a prolonged exposure to do this, the reason he did that was so that he could actually make it look like the chili was on fire, thus giving credence that the chili is hot. And it was actually a really cool, and it looked really good too. It, it could have been a little smoother in the way he moved the flame because remember, he's only moving this manually. He's not digitizing any of this. It's all like before computers were even a part of this. So this is all analog special effects as opposed to just putting the picture up in, in, in Photoshop and go, yeah, I'll just draw a flame. There you go. It's done. Yeah. Pay me. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, you know, again, nothing wrong with that. That is now the nature of what our, our digital is, you know, our digital mm -hmm. advertising, our art, our photography in general, you know, and that's cool. I mean, it, it's going to be what it is. There's not much you can really do about it. Arguably, there's no even sense of going back as you know, where are you gonna get the chemicals to develop the film in the first place? You know, it, it's it's just the, the demand is essentially is no longer there, or in theory, it's not. So I'm bummed, you know, but cool. I, I hope the, these new mirrorless cameras actually work out really well and do a better job than the SLRs did. But I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah, the end of an era. I mean, yeah, things change, man. Things change. Not you ever use a, a single lens yourself for a class or anything like that, or probably have i just don't know i'm not much of a camera guy <laughs> oh okay okay yeah so all right yeah it's kind of weird to say that <laughs> oh, yeah for someone doing a youtube channel right well there's that yeah. there's that yeah and hey, you know what you know it's like i'm not a camera guy now because i can't afford one but <laughs> yeah, you know okay. when when we can you know yeah yep. definitely i'll research it 
Yeah, no, but, I mean, you can get them for for a decent price. I think depending on where you go, I mean, it, or depending on what you get. Well, for de- that decent price is still not within our budget, my friend. Well, no, I didn't say we were going <laughs> to get one. I'm not buying one with you, fool. What's wrong with you? No, but seriously, it's for our um, channel. I said our decent yeah, right, right, yeah. It's not, it's not that. <laughs> not so much for us. Yeah, yeah. Still not, still too much. A decent. Uh, but hey, price. you know what, guys? If you want to d- donate money to us, so we can buy one. <laughs> no, God, no. We've been using the money for other stuff. Um, we won't tell you anyway. So it's uh, yeah, but no, it, it it's sad to see these uh, the cameras. These cameras finally have become obsolete. Have gone by the wayside. But it it is what it is. You know, technology has brought us to this point. That's cool, and I get that. I mean, it, it's uh, you know, as long as the cameras serve the photographer well, mm-hmm. and you know, except for old older guys like you know, like you and I who you know are used to using SLR type cameras, developing film and that sort of thing. I mean, definitely me for sure. Uh, yeah, you know what? It, it's uh, it, it's sad to see that go. Kind of like watching fries go by by the wayside too. It's the same idea, right? You know, it. But it it, it is what it is. You know, it, it, you know, society's moving forward. This is where our technology is taking us, and hopefully, it's for the better. I, I I think it will be. I'm not like overly concerned about that. I would imagine new younger shutter bugs. You know, they'll they'll get into these new cameras and they'll make the most of it. Maybe something really new and spectacular will come out of it, as opposed to the way we used to do things and being in dark rooms and, and filming stuff, you know, and what a shame that the dark rooms are going away. If you want to think of it that way too, that's, that's almost a shame in and of itself. No, yeah. I used it to is. love being in the dark room. Dark rooms are fun. I always had a good time. Just no, it's like you turn the, you turn the light on. So it's like everything is kind of a neutral red color, right? So that it wouldn't overexpose the film or anything like that. And then I just turn the stereo, you know, turn on a radio so that I could, you know, blast music while I'm just doing whatever. And I mean, you can still do that. Just make a room dark. <laughs> for nostalgia <laughs> right there you go yeah i'm gonna be doing photoshop and just put everything in a neutral red oh this is so reminiscent <laughs> shut up <Simon. laughs> whatever man whatever, whatever man whatever <laughs> all right well that's all the stories my friend yay all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us today on tech that does a bite cast um i'm jeff Worden here with my co-host simon c and uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to us on our, on our YouTube channel here. Come and visit us on our website at techthatdoesabite.com. We're always reviewing stuff. We're always posting stuff, or God knows we try to. This is just one of the things that we do to serve you, the great public people that you are. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with that. You know? So, And also check out no the show on your favorite podcasting app. Right. Leave a review there. Uh, you know, if you got any topics, let us know. You can visit yeah, our website, techthatdoesnbite.com. Yeah. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We've got a Google form. By all means, let us know. We'll certainly respond and either in the in the bitecast that we're doing now or even a filmed episode like I just did recently for uh, some guy who uh, wanted some questions about Gold Wave. You know what? We're here. We're, we want to talk about tech stuff. We definitely want to talk to you. So let us know. Like and subscribe to us, and uh, we'll definitely uh, – broadcast for you guys yeah so until next time we'll see you take care everybody have a great one bye everyone bye